Today's episode is about Sereno Moribito. Sereno Moribito is an action fantasy historic anime drawing parallels from the Chinese and Korean history. It is set in the empire of Shinyogu, which is currently on the verge of a drought. We are introduced to the main characters, Chagum, the second prince, uh, while being rescued by the badass female protagonist, Balsa, a spear wielder. After rescuing Chagum, Balsa is then asked by Chagum's mother to protect him from the emperor's assassins. So Balsa, in her light of her oath, agrees to protect Chagum. Through the course of the story, we get to know that Chagum is the guardian of the spirit. He is the Sereno Moribito here. And inside him gestates a water spirit that according to the myths of Shinyogu is supposed to cause the drought and destroy the empire. Through the course of their journey, we meet many special characters, for example Tanda, a herbalist, and a lifelong friend of Balsa, Toya and Saya, Eren boys and girl, Tororogai, a mystic, Shuga, a star reader from the palace, and many more. Sereno of Moribito follows Balsa on her quest to protect Chagum, unearth the mysteries behind the egg, face her past, and forge bonds along the way. This is in the context of uh, Sereno Moribito. Thanks, Mithula. That was a good outline of the entire uh, series. And uh, my thoughts are that there are, there are so many characters, and all these characters are really uh, well thought out in Sereno Moribito. There are no vestigial characters in Sereno Moribito, right? So I want to start with that. The protagonist Balsa, the second protagonist Chagum, the support friends, right? Tanda, the herbologist. Tanda, yeah. They all have their backstories which are explored. They all have their character progressions, right? They all are different at the end of the series than when we start the series, right? Hmm. And, you know, of course, there's the, 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 she's this weird character in the beginning, but then she's so critical for everything <laughs> in the end, right? Yeah. We're like, she's drawn different and all. It, it, it is great fun. So the character development progression and all is so good, but that's not the main reason why you would watch Serono Moribito. Because this, it's it's such good fantasy drama, right? But it's fantasy drama which is so human, thanks to the characters that are yeah. uh, so well developed, and uh, you know they have you have their storylines and everything, and yeah, that's my main point. Serono Boribito, fantastic fantasy story, as good as most of them get, uh, nothing out of the way inventive, but. It does what it does so, so well, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's got the nuance of humanizing uh, each of the personal stories as well. And overall, this package is fantastic. The artwork is really great. You know, just to enjoy the artwork, you can, you, you can go it. The fight scenes are animated so well, right? One of the best martial arts, you, you know, animations that you, you, you can find. Yeah, it's, it's the whole package. It's really the whole package. I, do, I seriously doubt there'll be people disappointed watching this. Yeah, 100% agreed. Especially the point that this nothing in this story is new, right? The fantasy elements are not very new. The fact that this Balsa is, is guarding child, again, not new. We have seen many similar animes like that. The historical setting, setting in a kingdom, again, not new. But what made this anime very exciting was how they took the general stereotypes of a fantasy anime and they turned it around its head, right? So they said, okay, we will introduce a strong female badass character, but there, there are no comments about 
oh my god this is a woman she's a female you know spear wielder so it, it's sort of accepted in in within the anime itself like except for one episode and then the whole con- thing of the, the, you know rescuing a child and and sort of guarding him and protecting him the child adapts to his surroundings really fast and really well there is no real tantrum there is no real you know friction between um the protector and the child uh, until a uh, couple of uh, episodes down when then one you know but that that's completely justified so things like this sort of while taking the general stereotypes of an action fantasy anime they kind of flip it around and say okay this is how we'll make it not pedantic and not your usual anime genre and that's what that's what made makes seiren moribito very exciting because this is an anime that came out in about 2008 it still holds its ground right in 2021 after so many such fantasy animes it still holds true it's still a beautiful completely enjoyable anime to watch and in fact it, to me at least it's far better than the current fantasy genre anime absolutely yeah because story is great right and stories are forever i mean, I mean you can change uh, you know quality of artwork it can be hd or sd or whatever but the story is great and you're going to watch it for the story and maybe even rewatch it for the story yeah and you're absolutely right the usual rescue trope so to speak right is is the powerful protagonist of course who can ward off the trouble that's following you know the protagonist and that's usually male so uh, it's great that we have a strong female character that's obviously uh, th- there's an amount of novelty there but the thing is in the usual one where there's a male protagonist the powerful male protagonist you usually have a weak female that is getting rescued yeah. and God, even yes. inevitably that becomes a sexual protection yeah right there is some sort of you know guarding the woman for yourself I and mean, all yeah. all the stuff that comes along with it which is completely done away with because of the setup that we have in Sereno Moribito right and we have a true truer if you if you like you know freer from the sexual undertones and this is true protection you this true caring for somebody else right regardless of some potential romantic future that, that is always oh, there right? as yes. an undertone <laughs> in most of the stuff that you see yeah um, yeah And, and that Another, made it so good that just made, yeah. made it so human right it, it, it's not yeah <laughs> yeah no another important point here was also when you mentioned uh, the sexual contrast if you see a regular anime with a you know male protagonist who's rescuing or saving somebody the male protagonist never requires help from anybody else right like they know what to do they don't share um, their thought process they plan with anyone they have this thing in their head and they're like okay i'm going to do this you, you know whoever is i'm protecting you have no choice but to listen to me in this case balsa is clearly out of her elements like once she figures out that, that there is some mystery that's happening she realizes that this is this is not something she can solve by herself right so she she knows she can protect him but that's all she can do she cannot figure out what is this egg inside uh, and chaguman hence the magic she, is not her domain correct it's and not her domain yeah but it and doesn't so make she, her weaker for it right unlike absolutely everywhere not. else <laughs> correct so Balsa goes in search of her uh, of the people she knew from her past Dwesetrora guy and Tanda come in so it becomes a very seamless sort of introduction of other characters who also aid Balsa in her journey who have the, who then start having the shared common goal because one is of course the, the need to protect a boy who actually has done no wrong assassins are after him only because of this myth that was sort of propagated in the empire right and he's personally done no wrong all these side protagonist characters also sort of forge bonds with him they want to protect him and also protect the egg inside him because they know the value of the egg whereas the emperor and his assassins are there out to kill chagum without any understanding of what is uh, happening inside chagum right 
Correct, correct. So, th- there is this element of the personal. They want to protect Chagum for Chagum's sake. He's a nice kid to be around. Such an interesting kid. He talks in an interesting <laughs> way. It's, it's not exactly young Sheldon, maybe more adjusted, but you know, he's, he's so insightful and so, you know, academic about a lot of things. It's so cute. And so, they like Chagum for Chagum's sake. He's a cute character. And the, but there's also the fact about the, the larger scale of things, right? The, the entire society at large and, you know, how the spirit affects the the outcome, right? Draw, draw it and all. And they're managing both. So, you know, while you were speaking, I was just thinking, it sounds like the, there's a metaphor of not a strong protagonist and the second character, which essentially makes the protagonist the protagonist, right? Because hmm. there's someone to protect. But actually, there's a story about good teamwork. Hmm. Right? The kids, Toya and Saya, are extremely well-connected, right? And they manage to get help from various places. Tanda is a herbologist, right? He, he is the medic in <laughs> your various yeah. teams, you know? He, he, he's the guy who fixes things once things go bad, right? So that they can uh, try once again. They can, give, uh, you know, give it another shot, right? Whatever they're attempting and getting damaged in the process. There is the mystic or the knowledgeable mentor, right? Who is Tororo guy, the old lady with the weird face <laughs> and uh, of course we have the powerful protect you know protecting all of them the protector right so her protection enables these people let's face it uh, tanda would would have gotten targeted as well from the royal guards or toya and saya this they're very uh, hands-on very resourceful kids they won't be able to do the things they do if they didn't have balsa's protection and balsa couldn't have done all these things if she didn't have them around, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a solid RPG team, if you look at it. Like, if you look at it from a, a game perspective, you have you have a mage, you have a doctor, you have a fighter, uh, then you have a strategist, right? They, they, they figure out, uh, and then they're the, your eyes and ears on the ground, the spy and the strategist. So it's like a solid RPG party <laughs> in any MMORPG type game settings. Correct, <laughs> you are correct. Right. Any, any adventure, <laughs> correct. Like an adventure game, you would want a team like this, right? And, yeah. Uh, these are the teams that usually succeed, and uh, that's visible here as well. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think about it. This could have been an interesting game as well. Game, right? right? Yeah. 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 I, mm. I would think so. Yeah. It does have good, interesting game elements, like a solid, uh, like a Witcher type RPG, but maybe not with the, the breadth of Witcher, of course. But yeah. So another thing I actually like, right? When you when you talk when you're talking about how these characters sort of bring to come uh, together, the whole one you you could call it a common thing about most of these you know shonen type animes the whole nakama bit right but in this case they do take the whole concept of nakama but they forge it along saying they saying okay even though we are not family the the, the bond is very strong between us like with uh, with chagum was very easily accepted into their small group or because the rest of them all knew chagum was new but the all of them uh, wanted to protect chagum irrespective of the fact that he was a prince you know could be a potential future ruler of shinyoku none of that sort of mattered uh, to the people right they looked at chagum and they said here is a boy who we welcome him into our family and we we, we forge bonds of that sort Right? Uh, which is which is your initial your typical nakama trope but not sort of overly focusing on saying these are my nakama or you know believe it uh, like, like naruto sorry i didn't mean to end, bring in naruto or one piece where it is another anime with a lot of nakama theme but yeah this this nakama the fam the bond that is formed between them also for is a very interesting i uh, think it's not explicitly stated but it is there you start seeing how close-knit the group of people are right yeah, for those for whom Nakama is a new word, like for me, is essentially family but without blood ties, right? So they're closer than a friend, but obviously they're not blood families, right? A blood family member. And, and yeah, that's a theme that is there in many, many anime, of course. Um, 
and yes uh, serano moributo another very important i think setup that we see is uh, the family without blood bonds right correct and a magic yeah. and uh, and they work really well right without being blood bond and the fact that chagum so one of the uh, we can reveal this because one of the yes so chagum has this little dilemma right because he obviously has his blood family which is the royal family hmm. and he's entered or created this new family right and Ent- entered the family they the the unit was already there without chagum but it was looser before and now it's yeah. become tighter with chagum at the center right and and in in a lot of places especially towards the end of the series uh, there there's a real dilemma that w- which family feels better to him correct and uh, th- that's also a very very interesting theme again going back to the nakama and the, you know strong non blood bonds so to speak and, yeah. and how interesting yeah. it can get right provided you yeah. have the right mix of personalities yeah especially considering he is a prince and you know as you you can see during the course of the anime itself how his father the king uh, obviously keeps him at a certain distance because of you know the culture and whatever it is and he only gets love from his mother and the only other person who he feels very close to in the palace is his older brother and everybody else treat him as you know like the the myth in the, in the anime is common man cannot look at their faces so there is a lot of disconnect and distance between him and other people so there's not much warmth in his life except perhaps from his mother even I'm, even that i assume comes with certain distance compared to a regular average man average person average child uh, family right so then obviously here he feels more uh, he feels like a regular human being he sees even tai and soya how much they like him and enjoy being with him and don't treat him like somebody who don't treat him like somebody who's on a pedestal they very they treat him like a, you know a regular normal person they scold him when he makes mistakes so he feels i think first time in his life he is sort of exposed to this kind of a sitting where where he probably is is feeling love you know for the first time love right? without decorum right without which, decorum which would yeah. be there even with his mom yeah yeah so that's what makes it sort of i mean some of these things i also felt sort of takes away from the core essence right because we view they keep chagum and then they show the relationship between tanda and um, balsa through chagum's eyes right so he as a child without fully understanding the nuances of tanda and balsa's relationship sort of uh, keeps pushing these two together to sort of become a couple because obviously through the course of the story you realize tanda has feelings for balsa but balsa so far has not reacted to it but this kid sort of is sort of acting as a catalyst is pushing for this to happen but i felt like some of these were sort of not necessarily needed for an anime like this because it, it, yeah, yeah it distracted uh, a bit because then your focus was on tanda and balsa as i mean you you look at balsa as this character who was playing man's love correct <laughs> <laughs> right? you you never you yeah. never look at her as somebody like that right? but normally that's how in in the anime women are portrayed but balsa stands out while this is in no way a central focus and this actually sort of only comes in what, the last two three episodes but still i thought it, it they could have avoided this kind of a stereotype like any man and woman have to be a couple they can be friends <laughs> but but they have to introduce this kind of a stereotype maybe to attract a certain set of audience to the anime yeah 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 that was definitely a distraction and especially towards the fantastic end right uh, this was a theme that they i it really felt shoehorned in in fact i might have told you this before but uh, when i saw the first episode of sereno moribito hmm. and essentially you know there there was this strong woman character and she was interested a child to take care of 
I was like, what? They couldn't even wait for two, three episodes before <laughs> a, a woman has to have a child to take care of. But fortunately, I was proven wrong over the course of the thing. It was a completely different relationship. But yeah, towards the end, they undid a little of that benefit that they had accrued yeah. <laughs> by, by trying to forcefully make Tanda and Baza a couple. Yeah, but you know, but, but it could yeah. be we could give them the writers the benefit of doubt because to a child it is that simplistic, right? Hmm. They may not understand uh, how Balsa and Tanda were kids together, and so th- they knew themselves pre-pubescent, right? Before their hormones kicked in. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, that feeling has compounded over the years, right? So for Tanda, of course, it's it's probably fifty-fifty. For Balsa, it's very clearly not, right? Her frater- fraternal level love is far more than uh, a romantic level love for Tanda. It's yeah. not that it's absent, but it's definitely overpowered by the other one. Right? Correct. Correct. But uh, I, I will also give the benefit of doubt to the uh, authors in, in the sense that, you know, yes, they ended up thrusting a child at a very strong female protagonist at the fir- in the very first episode. But I feel like if you juxtapose that with the oath that Balsa has taken for herself, right? Balsa's oath in this case is that she will protect eight, she will prevent their, prevent whatever, you know, in, in terms of like prevent their death, etc. And the context for why she embarks on this kind of a mission it comes out in the anime during the later stages and it's a really wonderful reason why she does it but going back to this point i i feel like they because they juxtaposed it by saying you know she is doing this because of her oath and nothing else sort of i i would give a, a slight pass to the authors for for thrusting this child on a strong female character because i feel like even if, if chagum was a 95 year old man balsa would have still done it so, so maybe a slight pass, but I agree with you. It, it is still, again, a stereotype they could have avoided. A woman getting entrusted with childcare is so common in the others. So th- that yeah. was my, what to say, bias that I brought in when I started <laughs> the series. And luckily it was undone, right? That, that was so nice about the series. It undoes so many uh, tropes and so many, so much of the usual uh, themes, right? It, what is it called? Subverts. Subverts, yeah. It subverts a lot of them. And that is what is interesting at the end of the day about these series. I want to go back to Hmm. Chagum. Like we discussed, right? Chagum oversimplified the relationship between Tanda and Balsa, right? But in general, the the prince and the pauper theme, theme, right? That he's this royal prince, obviously very well taken care of. It's a rich kingdom. And then he has to adjust to the commoner's life. That's a a common theme, right? We have seen it in multiple stories. Yeah. But this one, they didn't make a big deal out of it. Because Chagum adjusts and we adjust with him. And he's like, okay, this is new for me. But he's open to trying things out. He listens and trusts Balsa, right? Most of the time, mm. and and it's very natural, right? He finds himself new in a new situation, and he has adjusted as much as he can. Of course, uh, his manner of speaking apparently doesn't adjust too much, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guess language is a much harder thing to yeah. adjust. Right? It's, that, that made it realistic as well, but uh, his activities and all, he he took them on, right? And he's still Chagum because essentially, whether he was a prince or he's living a commoner's life, he was a kind person. Mm. He, 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 he was kind towards other people. He had a lot of compassion. Yeah. Uh, without yeah. pity. He actually had true compassion. Right? Usually from royalty and all that stuff, you get the, you know, this false compassion, what I like to call it, which is mostly pity, right? Mostly pity. I'm yeah. better than you, so I'll help you out. Yeah, right? and the yeah. arrogance that comes with being... Uh, yeah, the uh, subtext of arrogance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, but that is true. The the his empathy sort of also reflects on the you know it comes out really beautifully is uh, the assassins who are sent to kill Chagum in the first place, right? Like none of them actually want to do it. There's particularly show this one character, Jin, who had a personal relationship with Chagum because Chagum when Jin was almost dying without food, Chagum actually offered him some food when he was a baby, right? He was a, a toddler, like two, two, three years old. And uh, there is this sense of both, of course, the sense of duty towards Chagum because they, they're all people and hence have to protect Chagum. And in this case, kill Chagum because that's what Emperor has ordered. But it's not an activity that those assassins are proud of doing or happy to do right they're not actually even neutral about it they don't want to do it in a lot of cases it comes out across like saying they don't want to be assassinating him but they are duty bound they have no choice uh, but to do the king's bidding because they are bound by their uh, duty to the emperor right and that i think was also sort of brings out this uh, character in chagum about how he's very well loved as even though he's a second prince right his they contrast it with his brother who is is very well respected in the palace, but probably is not as beloved as Chagum is, right? I mean, he's less important, I guess. No, but the the older brother, right, the, the crown mm. prince, he does mention that Chagum might actually be more loved than him, loved. than mm. Sagum, right? His name is Sagum, yeah. But <laughs> Chagum, Sagum. <laughs> I guess all Eastern cultures have their rhyming sibling theme, yeah. <laughs> naming theme going on. Tinkle. So uh, Chagum might actually be more beloved, but mm. duty is duty, and Crown Prince is more important because he's the next to the throne, and the other siblings are disposable, so to speak, right, for the sake of the country or whatever. And uh, I, I, I like that you brought this up. So there's the duty theme that is going on and that's expressed especially through the group of eight assassins, right? A7 and 8, yeah. And how duty changes as the context changes. Mm. So it always feels like duty is absolute, right? But it's just the commitment to the duty. The duty changes as soon as the context changes. So over the story, the reason as to why they are pursuing Chagum keeps changing. Like at least slowly uh, changing over time, right? And you do see the personal perspectives changing for, of the eight warriors towards their mission. But they still carry it, try to keep carrying it out uh, as well as possible because they are duty-bound and their commitment and all that stuff. Yeah. And all that is revealed later as to why they are okay. duty-bound, regardless of whether you personally agree or not. Correct. And there is a flip side or a wrong side to that, which this story makes abundantly clear, right? It is yeah. good to listen to your inner voice of reason and and your inner yeah but if they did yeah. listen to their inner voice and values we would not have progressed beyond the second episode of this yeah they have worth the foil yeah that, i mean <laughs> from a storytelling trick yeah. sure i mean yeah um, it's a pass that uh, we have to give but it, it is true like some of these uh, some of the issues that uh, that arise in the, in the anime i feel like could have been resolved if people just communicated with each other instead of just the first reaction is i will kill you <laughs> you have to die <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, right? But uh, speaking of killing, you know, the the action in this anime is different, right? Usually you see um, in, in, a, in a setting like this, invariably it's a samurai, uh, probably usually a sword, but here you see more of a, a spear wielder. And I, I can't remember um, uh, any other anime where I have seen spear. They use uh, these long sticks, uh, but spear is, is not very common, right? Like a lance. This is almost like a lance, right? It's not very common. And, and the, the animation is... The, the fighting animation is so beautifully done, especially the movements. It looks like a dance right? when, when Balsa is fighting. It, it looks like she's dancing. She's not really like fighting, right? And including the, the assassins. So the assassins are all 
trained in what? What does it look like? Ninja arts in a form of ninja yeah, mixed arts? martial arts. So one of them yeah. is a is a long distance darts or something, right? Huh. Uh, the shuriken. Shuriken, huh? So they're, they're, they're multiple skill sets. So they're also a great team, right? Um, yeah. We have the family unit uh, where we have Tanda and Balsa and Thorologa. And, and then we have this team, like corporate team, <laughs> so to speak, right? They, they, yeah. they are together for work's sake. And uh, they make a good team as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the interesting aspect is the, the, the fights are not there for fight's sake. A lot of these animes have random fight scenes for, for no reason, right? But the fights sort of blend into the story. They only fight when needed. Balza is not the character that goes around uh, in, you know, thumping her chest saying, oh, I, I will fight anybody who fights me. You are strong. You, you pick a fight on me. I'll fight you back. Right? She's not like, she's not that kind of a character. Or the, so she is, it's more like, okay, she fights when she has to when there is an absolute need and she avoids killing at uh, whatever because that's the oath she has taken so she avoids killing so that makes for a very interesting change from the usual gory violence which is also i mean wonderful in, in its own way but not having to see so much blood and yet the fights being so masterfully done was also a pleasant surprise i would say with uh, Serenu Morivito. i'm glad you brought this up so the fact that balsa does not fight to kill they completely subvert the subvert the usual bushido trope that there is honor in death. Mm. If you're challenged to a fight, it's an honorable fight if you die, uh, honorable death if you die, and that's completely false. There is no glory honor in death, death right? Yeah. Somewhere else, I remember. There's no glory in death. Once you're dead, you're dead. You're you dead. can't improve. Exactly. You can't do anything. And again, so they, they subvert that. So you, if you had a dude <laughs> as the main person getting injured, you know, killing someone honorably, and all that, all that is gone. The story has done away with that. And which is why I think the fight becomes a not task aimed to a kill. Correct? A movement aimed to kill. It's a uh, movement aimed to protect and defend. And yeah, it's, it's in harmony with life, which dances, right? Most dances are. And, and ah. that's, that, that balsa, uh, yeah, they have animated beautifully with the spear and all. Maybe they use the spear because of that. To, mm. Again, to subvert the sword trope, right? Because the entire length, most like 90% of the length of a sword is for killing correct yeah the entire edge kills but the spear only the tip the rest of the thing is for protection you block protection yeah and i think there's, there's a certain metaphor there as well correct why they might have used the lance or the spear yeah definitely and i think it suits balsa as a person right like she has she only fights when there is an absolute need so then the, the tip makes perfect sense for somebody like balsa and rest of her fighting skills or whatever it is is to protect it's always to protect so protection because of her oath and because of just her life experiences, her past, her, fight, her, her, her strength is for protection. It is not for power. It is not for glory. It is not for self-improvement, right? Like she's not a samurai who is trying to master their art. She's introduced as an expert spear wielder, already fully sort of formed fighter. Right? There's no need for her to face a protagonist, an enemy who uh, will challenge her fight, her skills, and she will supersede or improve her skills. So yeah, she's no martial really... art progression Correct. Uh, trope going on. There right? is no trope going on. So that, that was also very interesting. It's nice to see adult skills, right? Like, after, of course, after a certain age, you can't learn new tricks. You can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? But so the, that was a nice addition to the story. Like, she's, she's fully formed. 100% at probably like 95% at her skill level already and she uses her spear to protect and not to kill for power or glory so that, that I, I thought that was a very nice aspect of balsa as a person it speaks volumes to of her is what i was thinking yeah now that you say it the story starts with the protagonist at the 
top of the Bushido code, which is the samurai code, mm. fighting code. So, it, yeah, a lot of this, a lot of the anime that we watch, it, it the interesting bit is how a person reaches Bushido, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, often they surpass people who think they have reached Bushido, and then they have something to learn from the protagonist's progression and all that stuff. But what about somebody who has found self-centeredness, right? Uh, a certain sort of spiritual state through their martial arts, which of course, the Shaolin monks and temples. I mean, in real life, martial arts are a way to find self-centeredness, right? Mm. Not self-centering, not self-centeredness. Sorry, that's... Uh, but uh, yeah, the centering of the self, right? The, the, the spiritual progress and, and that peace and contentment that you have. And it is possible to reach through mastery of the... Through, through the exercises of martial arts. Yeah. What, what about a story where somebody's already reached that and doesn't need to improve any further, right? What happens to people around them? And that is what this story has, which... Most of your martial arts, you know, related stories, anime don't. Yeah. So this is one of the things I believe would be unique, actually. I mean, we did discuss that it had nothing invent, but this, this this is definitely unique compared to the rest. I agree. So by making her a fully formed martial artist, the, the scope for sort of exploring her personality comes through, right? Because otherwise, what happens is in most of the animes, the personality and the skill sort of when they when when their skill improves, their personality also sort of improves, you know, over time. Like they become whatever it is that they are trying to uh, learn. Whereas with Balsa, for most part, you know, both her, her personality is also more or less sort of complete as is her uh, son. But what is not complete for Balsa that they explore and is her past. Right? She has not fully resolved her past. And this journey also helps her come in terms with what has happened and sort of and, and enables her to face her past because she's now skilled enough, uh, both from a, point, a personal point of view. She's strong. She's now at an emotional state where uh, nothing can affect her anymore. The most stoic is sort of, you know, approach she has towards life and her, her martial arts skills have, are at a pinnacle. So she can go back, rectify what she thinks are the mistakes of her past and face it. Right. So that is, is a good uh, thing. So we are not also introduced to this aspect until like what episode number 2021, 20, where Balsa actually talks about her past, tells us who, we, who she really is, where she comes from and why she uh, decided to sort of protect eight people. Right. And this is why this anime could definitely do with second season. Balsa is going back to her hometown to face her past. It, it would be a wonderful, maybe even a 13 episode shot uh, season two that could sort of explore that aspect of it. But I, I, I don't think we're ever going to see Sereno Moribito season two. <laughs> so actually, I think it personally, I feel it's ended well. I'll tell mm. you why I have mm. I've had personal experiences. Do you remember this movie series called After Sunset Before Sunrise? Something there was like a set of two or three movies mm-hmm. no I, and there was another series also so what happened is i didn't know there was a prequel movie right and i watched this movie the, the middle movie first so i didn't know what happened before and obviously i didn't and i didn't see the next one but this middle movie was so good that not knowing the past and not knowing the future hmm. enhanced the engagement with that part of the storyline it would be great i mean i've really become involved with the characters mm. I would like to see Toya and Saya, you know, what, what do they do when they are a little older? What happens to Chagum, right? Now that is once, you know, the entire thing has been resolved and all that stuff. It would be interesting, but I don't think that will be a separate new interest. It, it will not enhance or continue the current Sereno Boribito uh, story where it ends. That, that's my take on it. Because I've enjoyed such a thing before hmm. uh, from another, uh, you know, set of stories and all. Hmm. But anyway. 
yeah i hope you get the gist no i, I understand what you're saying uh, but my thing is like because i'm very uh, attached to balsa as a character because you uh, as as you know you barely get women protagonists like balsa right they're very far and few in between uh, maybe lena inverse but she's she's on the funnier side wow i can't maybe maybe uh, from gokusen uh, manga yamaguchi so i mean you don't get these strong individual independent women powerful characters or maybe the one from helsing also but there are not that many so for me i'm i'm very interested but yeah i i do get that i do get i do and somebody is saying about you know exploring it further living it at it and making us yearn more for it and then and maybe in the rewatch we or the third time or the fourth time we will pick up nuances that we missed the first couple of times and that might fill uh, in the story of you know balsa or you know any of the other characters i guess yeah but speaking of filling let's talk about the filler you know I, I, the story was going really well the first i think 8 9 episodes were full action packed and then bam the ex, the next 5 6 episodes are all about the domestic lives which i thought took away the pace of the story but i do understand you think differently about it yeah so yeah the general attitude uh, towards filler episodes is you know it's lazy writing or it's <laughs> lazy you know the writing has not caught up with the animation studio and all that stuff so this is a known tactic in the anime industry right so all the watchers they know okay they, they, it's, it's, it's sort of even excuse right it's it's a production problem right the story the artist or the manga author has not caught up with the with the anime schedule right because they have to churn out one every week or yeah. over, over a season and all that stuff yeah but the fillers in sereno moribito i think are the right kind of fillers as in they do change the pace in terms in order to give a contrast i would liken it to you know the piece of garlic bread that you have beside your pasta <laughs> seriously i mean something that is as intense as sereno moribito You need a breather to able to just absorb what you have just watched, especially if you are binge watching, right? I mean, there's mm. a lot happening. Mm. But even if you are watching it slowly, I mean, I watched it intermittent, right? So I watched a lot of it, two, three mm. episodes at a go, and then paused a bit. Uh, wow, we should use this diet examples more. Um, <laughs> diet and food. People listening to our podcast will diet. go hungry. We should hungry. call it anime diet, right? <laughs> the various ways, small meals. Uh, interspersed throughout the day <laughs> binge watching <laughs> you know a lot, lot of things you can do and junk food sometimes you watch high school drama crap um, oh yeah, to, yeah. For, for high school what was that high school for the elite ha huh, high school for the elite that was the latest <laughs> junk food that i had yes <laughs> <laughs> so this filler was good because it not it it progressed the story not in the original momentum but it gave you side support branches so to speak so it enhanced the st- original story with more details with more context with more richness and i think that's great for a filler so it feels like a filler for sure right it, it's changing the pacing of the story that's usually a negative you want the story to you know be completely aligned and carry its momentum from beginning to end and there have been some animes which were like that which have done it pretty well but i think this was a welcome reprieve from the pacing of the story mm. it suddenly goes into details of the intimacies and the interpersonal relationships which is not possible when you have the entire country's future you know at stake and all that stuff right which is gen- the general theme across with the you know spirit and all that stuff here you have this interpersonal stuff which is cute and so i think it's a welcome change of pace it's I, I, it's one of the best examples of fillers done right, mm. right. okay i i i'll take your word for it but for me 
I don't know. Like I do said, you agree I, to disagree. That's what. Yeah, we'll yeah. agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, but I, I do agree. The, the point I do agree with is that definitely fillers done right. Uh, when you look at other animes like Bleach and all, you will be like, oh my god. Entire uh, seasons of fillers. Uh, like Bleach is a very bad. Very very bad example. <laughs> also to pick here. But yeah, couple of the fillers sort of show Chagun's growth and progression as an individual, right? And then couple of them sort of sidetrack and then talk about to- Toya and Saya. But those are sort of unfinished. They kind of just left it, right? Because after that, um, Toya and Saya never come back into the anime until the last couple of episodes, one episode. So I thought that was a bit of a miss. They could have spent more time maybe bringing these characters into the story itself until the final, you know, find found a way to bring them. in and then then the character introduction of the, of the prince the, the the first prince i felt like he was killed off for convenience sake you know stuff like that these these are loose ends to the story that that sort of did not tie into the whole narrative because i think the story it sort of wanted that that this guy chagum will probably become the future king and then hence uh, you know show all of this character growth him mingling with common folk might make him, make him a better ruler type situations so i think that that's the aspect of it but okay speaking of other things that didn't work right for me okay for for an action anime which is which has really fantastic action the final boss fight was a bit of a miss there was a convenient plot hole there that it was actually building up to be a glorious amazing final fight but they inserted a plot hole and it kind of fell flat right no <laughs> oh, i can still well, remember the you know, scene It felt like so. I said no more. No more. But it was never about the boss fight. Mm, okay. <laughs> right. I mean, even if it was the but great was, boss right? fight, do you, do you think that's le- what you would remember or take no, away? No, but from but it? if you see from the narrative, it was leading into it. It was saying that how so context for the, for listeners, the egg which which is inside Chagum has to be born, and uh, the only way it can come out of Chagum's body is. through this a creature called rarunga which lives in a different dimension the rarunga is supposed to come tear the body of the uh, person or animal who on whom the egg is gestating and eat the egg that's how the egg is born so the, the entire story you, you are led to believe that this group of people who are protecting chagum have to fight this last boss rarunga to in order to protect chagum so, so so to me that context was set so i expected a huge massive glorious final boss fight yeah, but instead of the more like a zombie swarm with <laughs> yeah rarungas aimlessly yeah the boss wasn't an emotional being right it was just a force of nature that you're fighting against but again i think that's the theme of the entire thing right all these were forces of nature that humans were trying to manage and they did manage in their own way right they managed to get Chagum not killed in the process. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, while fulfilling the cycle of the forces of nature, and you know, it's it's a tribute to human ingenuity and teamwork and all, all the rest of the themes, positive themes in the in the series. I yeah. think the, the mm. I like the boss fight. There was enough at stake. There was enough complexity that you were left wondering whether they are going to succeed or not. Perhaps too well, like you were mentioning. It was, it became less interesting because there was so much nuance and gray. areas in the rest of the series for example the eight uh, warriors right mm. uh, it's always there in a gray area you know, to carry out the king's command at the same time the love for the prince and you know and and the fact that there's no real reason at least they felt uh, so that kind of discussions were there throughout and the main boss fight didn't have that it was very black and white and it uh, resolved very simply oh. i can understand that on its own it was not a great boss fight but again the fact that it's not a great 
boss fight only enhances the rest of the story mm. so in that purpose i think it was good right similar with the filler ep- episodes i actually want to agree with you that as filler episodes go they, they they usually have filler arcs right so the story sort of ends so it's a side digression but it has a mini conclusion before you go back into the main story for a lot of other anime series like bleach for example but in this case it was a lot of unfinished story arcs you were getting glimpses of side stories and then you were brutally brought back perhaps to the main story so as fillers maybe they were not well polished or complete fillers but like i said in the larger scheme of things in, in terms of enhancing the main storyline they did a good job so mm-hmm. similarly this boss fight as a boss fight it wasn't great but i think it did well to enhance the main story and the main themes so yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't take it as a standalone you know example benchmark for boss fights but i don't know if i would want it any other way for sereno moribito mm. yeah nature of sereno moribito the the reason why they fight the, the lack of actual bloodshed fighting to protect etc etc in that context yes uh, because now everybody the assassins who are after the prince and balsa together come together for the boss fight right it's it's not just balsa against the the rest now it's it's the entire army um against the boss the final mini mini bosses so yeah so that that is actually a good it also sort of tells you the progress of the story how these assassins who considered balsa to be their enemy then then bowled over by her strength her the personality her skills and then decide to follow and her, her principles and her principles absolutely right. her principles uh. yeah because they ask her right they ask her at one one point at the juncture when we first fought you didn't kill us why and she says it's because uh, there's no real reason to it and they accept that they accept that because they initially felt it was because balsa uh, probably was arrogant and then she thought she was better than them hence she felt a pity on them but that's not the case once they realized that they decided to follow balsa's instructions because now they've understood that their goal is one her as their superior that and no, that was the moment where they explicitly that bushido code honor ah. you know there's honor in death and challenges and all that stuff yeah. the, the subversion was explicit there yeah right yeah. and they re- and yeah there's these samurai like warriors they essentially realize yeah i mean she's way ahead of her she's gone uh, uh, you know in her thinking and philosophy in her you know spiritual journey and uh, they're happy to follow her with full loyalty you no know? not as a command from the king but yeah. with actual personal conviction based on the principles and what mm-hmm. she's demonstrated as a person that yeah. was, that was a really great turning point yeah yeah the last three episodes were really fantastic it sort of it it, it in the first 12 episodes and the last three they sort of at the core of of what this anime is all about oh man <laughs> but we didn't discuss the star readers at all oh yeah i just want to put a side note so tororo guy the mistake and the traditional mistake right she the, she's from a culture that is uh, losing its population and all that and they're more intuitive people versus the sugars and the sugar is a star reader an important character but he they had like a pseudo scientific community so there was this culture intuition versus science and modern modern principles of uh, governance and all right because sugar the star readers are the people who are informing the kingdom mm. and the fact is the truth about uh, a lot of the insights about how to resolve the entire story not not getting chagum killed in the uh, process natural process of spirit actually came from traditional intuitive wisdom and not from the more modern star readers so yeah. there was a certain science versus you know culture or mystic mysticism yeah definitely the mystic arts versus there was a theme but it was very plain i don't think it was very nuanced or anything and you know eventually they come together to help each other out so it was Correct. more plain but that I, way but it was I, a nice theme to have 
I would also assume because this is may, might seem a little bit of a spoiler, but I would assume because the the Shinyogu Empire was actually formed on the soil of this Yaku, who were the, the original inhabitants of the land. I assume the star readers were sort of an offshoot. Uh, of, of the Yaku, Yaku people, like Tororogai, a mystic of the uh, mystic like Tororogai, without the full understanding of the whole process. So that's why they hid part of their origin story. They wanted to they change the narrative, they change history here and there so that, you know, it fits the narrative of a strong emperor as opposed to the philosophies of Yaku people. The story, that's why I, I would assume that there is a bit of... So this is yeah. actually historically also available. Hmm. Usually when certain people conquers the, the other, the first thing is they subdue their culture, culture yeah. correct? and the knowledge base that they have to live their lives and say that, hey, we con- just conquered you, our stuff is probably better and forget about this. And we see that again, a cl- very classic, no subversion here, but it definitely rounded off the story, right? especially for the time period that uh, it was set in and all that stuff. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. So all of this actually is what makes, because these are subtle, right? These are things that you infer from the story. When they go to the Yaku village is how, is when you first uh, realize that something like this was actually happening. So all of this sort of adds to the nuance of Sereno Moribito. I think, I think even when we rewatch this, we will definitely find uh, different sort of, you know, nuances that we missed the first or second viewing. That, that's, sort of, that's why I actually am excited to go back. Maybe in a year or year's time, I'll go and rewatch because I already have so many animes I have to watch. But yeah, definitely worth watching. Definitely worth spending, you know, what, 14 hours to finish Serena Morivito, I would assume. It would take 26 episodes at 20 minutes, right? Do the match of them. So yeah, I, I definitely 100% recommend uh, watching this for many reasons that we've already discussed. But from my point of view, I 100% want people to watch this for Balsa. What about you? <laughs> Is it for Balsa? Let it be for Balsa, Shubham. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously for Balsa, right? Uh, <laughs> how many other places would you find such a character? A Nakama theme, you know, young young man who only goes, is motivated by the power of wanting to protect his friend. I mean, there's a dime a dozen of those. Uh, you don't have, maybe I'm yet to discover a second one of something like Balsa, like, like we said. She's already probably reached a peak Bushido state where she's uh, no longer has to prove herself to anybody. That's, that's already rare. Strong woman character already rare. Strong woman character, character who fights so elegantly <laughs> even <laughs> rare. Right? Yeah. You, can, you can keep adding up and it's super rare. Right? So, so it's, it's like cotton candy bubblegum ice cream at Baskin Robbins. So you're not going to get it anywhere else. Except that this one is like healthy, it's probably like, I don't know. I think Shubham, you need to go grab food because this is like the third food-based comparison you have made. You're quite right, I've not yet had uh, my main meal. Okay. <laughs> we should stop here then before you start uh, talking about, I don't know, what is the, what, what you, you sp- you've spoken about main course, you've spoken about dessert, you haven't said anything about an appetizer. Maybe you will bring in a soup metaphor somewhere from somewhere if we don't go now. It's yeah. got... A little bit of everything, all of them. But you should, you need to eat them together. It's not a buffet. You should not pick and choose. A lot of series are like that, and right? like Gintama, for example. You can skip you could, many. Uh-huh, you could skip. You, you could skip, pick and yeah. choose and yet enjoy the show. Yeah, you can er- eliminate hundreds of episodes and still love Gintama. Yes. Exactly. Well, yeah. When you're 700 episodes long, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you can't eat them all. But I don't know. Moribito is so good. Uh, yes. You know. So th- this anime is high quality food. Very and high, high quality. quality chef. Yeah. Slash author. It, this, and this requires immersion. So 
uh, be sure to watch it when you are not distracted by other things as well this is not a background watch yeah, yeah definitely, definitely even in a rewatch is not a background it's watch it's not never i don't think so because the characters are so yeah, good yeah it's really fantastic yeah, really fantastic um, i really agree with you we should have more balsa like characters cropping up in these stories yeah uh, maybe not extend balsa specific story but yeah more balsas around would be really really nice because you can you can do new stuff right with the new kind of character if you have a male protagonist you're going to eventually the same do the same stuff are, other authors have out, done yeah. right how yeah. much can you correct <laughs> okay that brings us to the end uh, from bochu bamanai serial morbito is a must watch if it is uh, not evident already yeah exactly we, we spent i think last five minutes just talking about why you should watch it please watch and leave us your comments feedback on the links that we provided in the description below Thank you so much. We will take you out now.